0: You're listening to The sanitarium Podcast with Sam Langford. Hey guys, welcome to episode
1: 7. Welcome all, welcome to episode 7 of The sanitarium Podcast. Um, well, God, I've had some difficulties technology-wise these last few days. have been trying to find a new charger uh, for my laptop and... After all the um, struggles and waiting for laptop chargers, the charger arrived and it still didn't work, so uh, I did my usual, I don't know if anyone else is like this, but I don't actually diagnose a problem by looking, I just do it in my mind, so the charger wasn't working the laptop wasn't charging so I thought well it's got to be the charger now nah, it turns out it's a battery so uh but somehow it's managed to charge 50% so I've managed to record well I'm managing to record this episode 7 of the podcast which we're gonna crack on with so the first thing today um, is I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's on the show. Uh, I've got an email to read out from a anonymous listener. Uh, this person has sent in an email to me uh, regarding their own mental health and working in the NHS. So that's quite an interesting one um, to read out today. Uh, this will be obviously uh, coming while we're all in lockdown um, for the key workers and the NHS staff. So it's uh, something. Uh, to really you know listen to and and take on board when I read that out so uh, we're going to go a little bit into another mental health problem which is the borderline personality disorder Um, just going to go through a little bit of a uh, you know little bit of a bullet bullet point thing tell you a little bit about that Um, if anybody has got that, or know people with that, uh, I would appreciate an email over. I'm always looking to read out stories to get the word out there a little bit more, uh, help people understand it, Um, and myself would like to understand it a bit more because that is a a condition that I'm um, not very familiar with myself um we do have an interview today a bit of a special interview today you get to talk to the man behind all these uh, editings of the podcast the the, the amazing kai valentine mr spark sunderland himself will be uh, joining me for a little chat uh kai's Helped me every single episode. He's edited stuff. He's put music on for me. Um, you know, and he does this all free of charge and in his own time. Um, as I mentioned before, Kai is a very, very close friend of mine. Uh, he moved up to Sunderland to uh, continue to his, his radio career at university, and he's doing really well. So, nominated for a few awards as well. So, is this my first celebrity guest? Hey, you never know. <laughs> you never know. But still, yeah. So we'll be talking to Kai a bit later on in the show. Uh, we've got a bit of music today by i uh, yeah you've guessed it the steelwoods i know you're probably thinking why do you keep playing that steelwoods i'll tell you why is because they're the only band that's actually got back to me properly and said that i can play their music live so um unfortunately i'm not going to take the risk and play risk and play other songs um the only other song i did get um confirmation of was uh, last show episode six when we played lean on me by bill withers um I read into that to say when the artist is deceased, bless his heart, um, you are allowed to play their music uh, without any difficulties in you know copyright laws and things like that. So I will be playing the Steelwood song and it is going to go out to uh, my American listeners. Uh, it's called Old News. It's very patriotic for Americans I know we've got a few American listeners, uh, good friends of mine. So uh, that song will be for them. Um, I want to delve into mental health in other countries, um, which is something I'm interested in, you know, how their system works, whether they've got the the same systems as us, or, or, or are they similar? Are they completely different? Um, have they got any systems in place? You know, you, you don't know. So um, I'm just going to... I've spoken to a couple of people uh, on different groups, um, some Polish people uh, who live quite close to me uh, where I am so they've just sort of sent an email in to say it's a very brief but uh, just a you know it's something different on the show and then uh, I'm just going to talk to you at the end of the show about a upcoming live episode I'm doing so uh, that will be all revealed so yeah the first thing I'm going to do today is I'm going to read out this email sent in by this anonymous person who has emailed me the following. Hey Sam, so here is the text promised, I'd appreciate if this used anonymously, which it has been doing, so no issues again, anything that you send in it can be anonymous or I can say your name, it doesn't make any difference to me. So I feel I need to add I suffer with depression, I was diagnosed a couple of years ago, but to cut a long, very long story short, through therapy I realised that I'd that actually I'd been suffering for years before that. I can recognize when it's coming on but I can't always do something about it. Ironically before COVID-19 hit I was actually feeling good about myself. I was eating better, exercising more, enjoying work in brackets although, although to be fair work was never really a big issue. I love my job and feel after many years of searching I finally found my perfect job. I'm feeling better about myself in, in in life in general. COVID-19 has got everyone on edge, even those in healthcare. Especially as we are seeing healthcare professionals succ- succ- succumbling to it. We have all had our wobbles at some point, and not necessarily anything to do with COVID-19, but the extra anxiety is causing it the extra sorry about this guys i I'm, I'm a bit dyslexic so I sometimes struggle to read emails out so I'm just going to carry on um causing is affecting us and how we deal with the situation whereas before we would pass it off as another day now we are emotional now we are all emotional about it so this is a long one so please bear with me some of this regarding my work at the hospital so please this can't go anywhere. I've had a shit week in the 7 days preceding today, there's no other way to put it, it started with having to do CPR on a patient, I've never done it before but I got on with it, it wasn't until I'd finished my shift I had my wobble in the car on the way home, the next day I got punched in the face by a patient, no major injuries but it was a shock, again had my wobble in the car on the way home. The weekend was okay, the usual isolation issues, frustration and not being able to go out, frustration at more runs going out regardless of the consequences. I got out for exercise with my son, went shopping which was less traumatic than the last time I went but still left me sad. Then the new week started, I've been talking to a guy, it's been on and off for months but this time we clicked on on a different level, everything has been going well and I screwed it up. I won't go into details, but it was me. I engaged my mouth before I engaged my brain. I'm mad with myself. I've been single since I split up with my ex three and a half years ago. This was the first time I'd clicked. I know this isn't important in the grand scheme of things, but it's just one of the other things to add into the mix. And back to work with everything that's going on. I'm not going to lie. It's getting harder. The guilt I feel for my son, leaving him to go to work, even though he's with his dad. In brackets, separated. Am I going to infect him by working? Should I send him to his dad's permanently, but temporary if you know what I mean? Am I putting my patients before my son? I'm scared if I'm not going to get sick. I'm scared if I'm going to get sick, which leads me onto having a look serious into death. Sorry guys. Which leads me on to having to look seriously into death in service. Not something I've thought about despite working at the hospital, but this is serious. Healthcare workers are dying from it. People with no underlying health conditions are dying from it. Then finally, I found out my uncle died yesterday. He had cancer, but an autopsy is required, which makes me think it wasn't that that killed him. I'm crying at everything, even that, even the good stuff. I'm just emotional wreck at the moment. If you get, if you've got this far, well done and thank you. I just needed to get that out. And then she's hashtag Stay safe, stay at home. And be kind. I oh, and save the NHS. Hope that's okay. And then she's I've said she because I've she has you know, she's mentioned that she's a, a lady in, in the email, but yeah, then she's put her name which isn't gonna be mentioned. So well, so that's really um a really deep email. Um this person is uh, you know, works for the NHS, as she said. Um, the bit that I uh, actually, when I read it, you know, got me a little bit, was, was got me a lot, uh, was the thing about with her son, um, is she protecting her patients before her son? Um, you know, I've said to this person that, no. You're certainly not. You're doing your job. You're doing an amazing job. Um, You know, this country respects everything you do, everything everybody does that works in the NHS and all the key workers. So um, to think that is is completely wrong. No, you're not. Um, Honestly, you're very, very well respected. um, And it's an amazing thing you're doing. Um, To go into work and be punched in the face um, and, you know, to be at risk every single day um it must you have got incredible courage um to you know get back and put put your uniform on and go back in the next day uh so you know there's there's so many different feelings out there at the minute everybody's missing their families their friends uh, their social activities and is it's, this one's a very difficult one as well because it you know are, are you going to infect your son you don't know you, you really don't know um, and but at the same time you know is this going to make you worse if your son lives you know with your pot with your ex partner or whoever any family member um, because then you're on your own um, and if you know unfortunately your relationship that that was going well isn't there anymore you are purely on your own, and that 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 means you're there more. To you know, you have got more th- thinking time, and you know you you'll have intrusive thoughts come through, and you'll you'll feel low and depressed. And I think you need your son there with you. Um, and I and I'm sure your son loves you to the moon and back, and I'm sure he you know absolutely respects what you do and understands what you do. Um, so I would say carry on what you're doing. Know that you're loved and respected through the whole of this country. I'm sure every single listener now is is thinking, you know, what a hero this this person is. Um, so you know, carry on what you're doing. I just wanna I wanna say your name, but it, it means more when you say person's name. But I'm not allowed. So, but you know what I'm you, you know where I'm coming from. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say was my you know my condolences about your uncle passing away. That's that's tough to take. Um. I've actually had a a relative die during this time, Uh, my godmother uh, as I'd known her as my Auntie Beryl. Um, I actually attended her funeral yesterday on webcam Um, and yeah it was the strangest thing I've ever done. It was you know there was a husband my uncle Derek sat there with with her uh, two children on the other side of the um, crematorium and then the webcam was kind of you know right at the back of the room at the top so people could people could um, see the whole thing and then there was the um the vicar reading out the uh, eulogy um, and the music came on and and then she you know and then she went and and it very it was still as upsetting as it would be sat there but it was more upsetting seeing you know my uncle Derek sat on his own um, crying and no nobody could go and give him a hug um so that really got to me yesterday that that put me in a bit of a a downer that uh, as it would anybody um so times are very hard um your emails explained you know how hard these times are in different ways everybody's everybody feels their own feelings everybody's missing their own families and and friends and and like I've mentioned social activities is a huge part of a lot of people's lives so um, so yeah I mean I'd like to thank you very much for sending that in Um, it is a deep email I hope I've covered as much as I can Um, and I hope you're feeling a bit better in yourself and if you're not you know where my inbox is just send me an inbox and we'll have a chat and you know I'll try and uh, help you as, as as the best I can thank you very much So then, um, as I mentioned earlier on, I'm going to talk about uh, borderline personality disorder. Um, Again, I haven't got a lot of knowledge about this myself, Um, so what I've done is I've actually used the uh, www.mind.org.uk, which is the uh, charity website um, for the Mind Mental Health Charity, so these guys have got a bit of a you know a really long PDF you can download. So if anybody is interested, just go onto that website mind.org.uk um, and you can click on the PDF and it brings up you know all the information on borderline personality disorder. And they've also got every other mental illness there in PDF format you can download and uh, read through. So. On here it says borderline personality disorder also known as bpd is a type of personality disorder you might be diagnosed with a personality disorder if you have difficulties with how you think and feel about yourself and other people and are having problems in your life as a result so this is actually something i um thought i had um at one stage a few years ago i used to um Forget about the person I was and change into something I wasn't. Um, Going all the way back eight weeks ago, nearly now to episode one, um, I mentioned that I used to go out and uh, after a session of drinking um, at my parents, just a you know friendly music on, chilled out, takeaway evening. I used to carry on and sneak out the house and and carry on drinking. Um, Now. What my uh, thoughts were was, you know, I, I, I used to go out and I used to change into somebody else. Um, this is really embarrassing, but I've... It's something that I was worried about, and but I kept doing it. And uh, I used to change into something else. So I would put on an accent, um, like an American accent or an Irish accent. Uh, so like I'm... Like the person that I've left behind that was uh, sat with the family enjoying themselves. It's like this person. I almost see it as I was so I was so angry at myself for doing it. Even though sometimes I used to get halfway down the street thinking, "What are you doing?" I, w- I couldn't stop myself, so I carried on. So it was almost like when I got over Pellenbridge, say, uh, into town, uh, and I walked into the first pub or bar or club, that's when I would change into somebody else. You know, not not like Clark Kent and Superman style. You know, not not to that, that not to that extent, but. You know, I'd, I'd sort of go get a drink and then I would sort of talk about, um, talk to somebody random and then change accents, change the way I am, lie about stuff, you know, millionaire, I'm, I've been a millionaire, I've been a. I've been a lot and it. that's what I thought I had, um, why am I doing this? Um, but the doctors told me that I was doing that because it was um, like blocking out what was wrong with me with grieving and... Um, with the anxiety and the depression i was blocking all that out to change into somebody else like it didn't exist um so the doctor did say that that isn't a uh, borderline personality disorder uh, that is just what you use as a, a mechanism to forget sort of thing a uh, coping mechanism to forget all the problems you are having or what you're doing on you know the current situation so my phone's ringing and it's the wife and you know that's ignored so that's that life that over there you know so yeah um onto that yeah so I I didn't have that um according to the doctors so which is good um so diagnosis wise it it says here you can be diagnosed that any time of your life um it's more common early days um so a lot of people who are in the army have this disorder um you know things like that can affect it um it's also something that can make relationships very hard you you know hard to keep them stable and um You also feel quite empty a lot of the time. Um, You act impulsively and do things that harm you, such as like binge eating and using drugs and drinking and driving, you know, it's it's all that sort of thing. Uh, It can can cause self-harm. It's for you to self-harm yourself and, and have suicidal thoughts. Um, So there is some quite intense uh, feelings there, Um, it does also say that it can make you very angry. Um, Paranoia um, is another one. So there is quite a few symptoms of it there, or sorry, there is quite a few um, things that it causes there. uh, Which is something that uh, i never knew myself, some of them to be honest. so, I'm not, like I say, I'm not going to go much into this because I don't know much about it. And I'm not just going to sit here and read a huge PDF, which would take me about an hour to read. Um, but I've bullet pointed what, what it is and what kind of uh, things it causes and the symptoms of it. Um, and like I say, if anybody knows more about this, then please get in touch. I'd love to read it out on the show and, and learn a bit myself and, and the listeners to learn a bit more too. Uh, because that would be... That would be good for me to uh, to have, you know, a bit more literature um, on there. So the next stage I'm going to do is dedicate a song to my American listeners. As I mentioned at the start of the show, I do have quite a few friends in America. Uh, I do support a uh, football team in America called Atlanta United, and I've met a lot, a lot of people through um, through this team. Uh, there's also other uh, friends of mine as well. Um, a uh, good guy I, I talked to you, Scott Sheffield you've probably seen him comment on a few things uh, that's another guy that uh, I've met through an MLS group um, so yeah uh, I'm going to dedicate this song to my American listeners it's called Old News it's by my favourite band The Steelwoods uh, very patriotic song um,
2: so here's that you can hate all the others because they hate you They hate the thought of you hating them too We could scream it all out till we're red, white, or blue But I'd hate to think that thinking is old news Old news We could cut it in half, throw rocks in the streets, let wild eyes laugh when some disagree. We could burn it all down on our grandpa's TV, or quit pointing fingers and roll up our sleeves. Mm -hmm. liberty
1: by The Steelwoods. I'm going to say that because they're my favourite band but I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope the Americans enjoyed it and they feel all warm inside and patriotic and everything. Uh, Absolutely great song. So there's that one for you. Um, Massive thank you to The Steelwoods. Uh, manager Derek as well for allowing me to play the music on this show Uh, I know it's not for everybody but like I said at the start I haven't got time to email loads of different companies and find if I can play music or not I'd rather do that than get in trouble so uh, okay so earlier on I mentioned I'll talk a bit about different countries with uh, mental health systems. Um, I posted a little uh, thing on the group a few weeks back just sort of saying is there anybody um, in areas of Lincoln that uh, are foreign and you know from Europe or, or anywhere really um, that are knows much about the mental health systems in in their country and i did have a polish gentleman um email me um he's not put his name he wants to remain anonymous he's just said i'm a polish Polish polish-born resident um now residing in lincoln uk um he has suffered with anxiety disorder all his life and low moods um and he's gone on to say that in Poland, they have a system very similar to the UK, where uh, in your local hospital, they'll have a mental health uh, section. Um, so rather than a separate building, it's actually in the hospital. So there's a the little bit of difference there to ours. I know we have the Peter Hodgkinson Centre, which is a completely different building. Um and and these these guys have you know a mental health unit inside the hospital or there's one so um he said that he used to go there regularly with uh they had four staff on um in this particular hospital in poland um there was four staff was two was therapists and there was a receptionist and he's also put them then there was a mental health doctor uh, who he saw on a fortnightly basis uh, he's gone on to say that the system's very very well done um there's not many flaws in the system there's a lot of support out there for people with mental health but he says um mental health isn't uh spoken about like it is over here so there's something there um whether more people in Poland have mental health problems and they don't talk about it because it's you know that they don't want to talk about it or they uh they do not feel the need to talk about it. Um he said that there is isn't many cases of mental health problems in Poland in where he lived in Poland. Um and that that's all he's put really. Bless him. It was nice of him to uh, to get in touch, but uh so, you know, what we've learned from that is it's similar. It's a similar system in Poland. Um you know, the the mental health system. But for staff, that sounds very small, but he could live in a very small town. So, um yeah that's that's nice to, to read out um if there's anybody else that knows any um, foreign women or men that live in in the UK uh, from wherever in the world and know a little bit about their mental health system then tell them to email us at sanmeterarium at aol.com <laughs> So we are at the time of the show now where I introduce a guest on. Uh, this guy needs no introduction whatsoever. Um, my producer and very good friend, Kai. Hello, Kai.
0: Hello, mate. This is strange. This is really weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're at the other end of the microphone. How does that feel?
0: It, it, right. Genuinely, it feels incredibly strange. I'm used, to, well, I'm used to hosting interviews. I'm used to broadcasting myself and, and having complete control. Over what the topics are going to be and what we're going to talk about. Now, I I don't know what's going to happen.
1: (laughs) Now you've got me in charge. You're on my show.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Also, people here—they're going. Oh God, where do I recognise that voice from? Well, you're listening to the Sanitarium Podcast.
1: There it is. There it is. (laughs) And now, now now, now everybody's clicking and going. Oh, that's him.
0: (laughs) I swear I heard him about 20 minutes ago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Well, thanks for coming on, Kai. It's much appreciated. Um,
0: It's all right, man. Thank you very much. I'm
1: I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm I'm really, uh, I'm looking forward to this. And and I just wanted to mention as well, before we do start, is a massive thank you for helping me with this, because you are... uh, like you say, you've done a lot for me with uh, with the editing and the, and the things like your jingles and stuff inside it, and, and taking a look out of me at the end of one of them as well, which was fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, you know what, mate. In all honesty, right, when you first came to me, and I put something similar to this in the savitarian podcast group a few yeah, yeah. a few months ago, but when you first came to me with the idea for this, like I I get a lot of people asking me about podcasts and for advice and they're normally ten a penny and people come to me and they'll have like an idea and it's just something that they'll they'll want to do and they won't stick to and it'll run for a few weeks and i go oh yeah you know yeah i'll help yeah and when you came to me i thought oh this is gonna be a pain in the ass. one of sam's ideas again look i thought like I thought, Sam. Sam, he doesn't know how to. Like <laughs> I had to talk you through how to set up the recording. I had to talk you through everything. And I thought, oh good god, <laughs> how what is going to happen here? Is this going to be? And I just went to Sam, just talking to a microphone for forty <laughs> minutes, and I'll try and make it sound good. And then you smashed it. And then <laughs> and then you smashed Thank it. You. So you know what? You've been doing an incredible job, mate. And you know the people who listen to this podcast honestly it means the world to them i know that i've seen the response and the community you've built is absolutely incredible
1: yeah it means a lot to me too it's good that i can help other people out while helping myself at the same time you know so um yeah the the idea that come into my head has, has worked so and like, like we were only discussing before we've started the interview it's uh it's built a nice little community so um you know fair play it's uh you can't you can't say better than that, can you
0: yeah, definitely
1: right, so as usual, um I have five questions that I ask my guests, uh which will be the exactly the same for you um so if you're ready to start, I'm going to ask the first question
0: I'm good, I've put zero thought into this, which is uh crazy oh, <laughs> which is an interesting so, one I best so you' know best what? Put my... <laughs> anything. Could
1: i best put my phone Anything on charge. Anything could come out here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, first question I ask all my guests is, uh, what form or forms of mental health do you suffer with? Uh,
0: suffer with and have suffered with are uh, two very different yeah. things for me. Um, right now, uh, I, I, I always say that, like, when someone asks me this question, I say, you know, depression and anxiety are the main two things. Um I I feel like I haven't been depressed now for a very very long time. I think it's been a, a couple of years since I've really struggled with my depression. Um anxiety a little bit shorter I'll get into that in a second, but um but with depression I feel like it's been a couple of years, but I always say when it, when people ask me this I always say oh it's a bit like someone who's been an alcoholic. I think that you're always, you, you've you always, once you've had depression, it's always there. And I think that, you know, you never fully, you, you're always a recover I, I call myself a recovering depressive, because, because even though it's been a couple of years since I had my last sort of really bad depressive episode, um, I think that it's it's something that will always be there. Uh,
1: of course, yeah, yeah. I like the way you've uh, explained that, it's quite a, uh, it, it is a great way of um, explaining, you know, like, say, an addiction, it's, yeah, so, that's that's good.
0: Um, Anxiety-wise, though, um, that, that I feel like is, it's a strange one, uh, anxiety, so, d- to just give my history a bit, my depression started... Uh, not long after I came to university for the first time so actually not long after I came to Lincoln and moved there 6 years ago um and I don't know what it was and I've sat in you know I've sat there um in uh disability advisor offices at the university and seen therapists and psychiatrists and sat in front of them and they've gone so what do you think caused your depression and I, and I just sit there and I go like and I'll 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 go. Oh no! I, d- I just don't know. I don't know. And then I'll list things that have happened in my life, which I won't touch on here, but maybe in another week. Um, and I just went through like a list of all these things that have happened over the last few years. Uh, a main one being that my dad was ill and things like that, and I would just moved away from home. And uh, and then they went. And I just remember the, this wonderful lady who I used to see at the university who was my disability advisor. Just sat in front of me one day and went. So you're still wondering? Uh, you still starting to wonder why you're depressed. Have you not worked it out yet? And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I think I have, love. Yeah, I think, I think I might know. And it was a chemical imbalance, and I and I really, uh, you know, I struggled for years, and uh, you know, I I didn't always talk about it yeah, openly. Yeah. So like, there'll be people who will listen to this, you know, you included, that will have known, you know, known yeah. me during yeah. some of my darkest times, and I just didn't tell people. Uh, I have I feel like I've moved past that now and I've got to a point where if I'm in a bad place I will tell people um, but like it's been a long time since that uh, anxiety wise I started to struggle with around the same time uh, I, I don't know whether I've ever told you this Sam but I was having, there was a point in my life when I was at university the first time around where I was having um, I was having 7 or 8 panic attacks a day Um we- <laughs> yeah uh which for for people who are listening and going god how how can you like have seven or eight panic attacks a day and get on with your life like y- you can't, you can't. Uh, I, <laughs>
1: you yeah know? no i was absolutely not well I'll, I'll tell you now i had one two days ago and i don't know how you can do seven
0: <sighs> i you know what it really drained me i got to a point where i put i put on a lot of weight uh i sort of gave up on my parents and my sort of mental well-being in that sense and uh and i just remember just getting to a point where i was there like god i'm just really struggling but i didn't tell many people um because i just started to get on and tried to push through with university and things like that and and i hid it away and uh, i think it was the hiding away that really uh made it struggle uh but yeah, so anxiety, so yeah, to answer your very simple question that I've gone and talked on for 10 minutes, uh, anxi- anxiety and depression, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the two things, the,
1: yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember a conversation when you came and stayed with us uh, for that period, and we, we were talking about this, and um, I remember you mentioned to me that uh, you didn't actually realise the uh, severity of your um, mental illness, uh, you, you, That's that was one of the things I remember you saying, it, it, you didn't... You knew there was something there at one point, but you didn't know it was yeah. as bad as it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically.
1: So, yeah, and that you know, it, it, it's it's so many people have said that to me. Um, you know, not not just recently in the past as well. You just think, oh, I'm a bit down today, but really, there's something you know, there's an underlying issue that you need to really sort out. You know, and uh, it's it. I'm just saying, it just happens to a lot of people, and doesn't it? Just, it's, it's, uh...
0: it's when you don't talk about it that. That gets
1: yeah, you're not admitting it to yourself, are you?
0: Yeah, and, and if you don't talk about it, people can't help you. That's what I found. No, uh, you know there was and, and, and I used to sit there and I go, oh, why's no one helping me when I was sat in my room crying on my own at night? Yeah, and I go, kind of probably the reason why no one's helping you is because 30 minutes ago you were sat in a radio station talking to people. And not mentioning how crap you were feeling, yeah, yeah, and and you know, I and mean, being in a band and being all happy and putting on a facade, yeah, and and you know, we see it a lot with. Look at every comedian, you know. If you read any comedian's um, autobiography, not that I'm funny enough to be, <laughs> uh, but, but if you if you read any comedian's autobiography, they're all there like, oh, I just put on an act he put on an act and he, and he hid it yeah. away for ages and uh, no one ever knew sort of like the crime behind the smile and, and that's what it was like yeah. to me for a very long time. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Time. They can hide behind the stage and the, and the audience easy. Um, what, what goes on in their mind when they get backstage? Exactly. You know Especially before. I mean, look at someone like Lee Evans who admittedly said he still... I mean, I know he's retired from it now, but... You know, his last tour, he still gets nervous and he and he has panic attacks and, and it just shows from the amount he sweats during his shows as well. You know, as funny as he is and as popular as he is as a comedian, yeah. he's still in that backstage, you know, doing 50 shows a year and every single show, he's nervous as he is doing the first show. So,
3: yeah.
0: <clears throat> it's It's one of the things that, like, people always ask me about mental health and performing because uh, I've been performer most of my life, like I've do radio now, uh, I work as a radio presenter and I study radio mm. at university now, um, and after trying to get into it properly. and um, yeah, and but I've been in drama school since I was two because I always wanted to be an actor. And like performing is always that release, yeah like, even when I was at the sort of worst parts of my mental health. Um, when I was on the radio, or when I was on stage, it just disappears when you've got an audience in front of you laughing or responding to what you're doing on stage it just cut... it's a different life you're living you're not that anxious person and no no that's it yeah
1: you're playing somebody else that's this that's it yeah you are yeah i remember you having a conversation with uh my wife sarah when you stayed with us about that because she did the same she was you know always in drama school and you know at school and acting and in the plays and everything and it does it takes everything away from you because you are acting the part of another person
0: exactly you know it's a it's a really strange thing to sort of get your head around the fact that you know I could be I could be on stage performing one minute and then I could be backstage really struggling and having a you know there was times where I was having panic attacks at the side of a stage and then going on and being totally fine. And then that's when people go, oh, well, are you, are you as bad as, you know, is it as bad as you think? Are you just overreacting with stuff? I don't know, it's yeah. just, it's different people. Yeah, like, exactly. not me exactly, when I'm yeah. on stage. The stage, is, it just
1: nerves? <laughs> well, it's definitely not just nerves, no, because I wouldn't be shaking and sweating and feeling sick if it was just nerves. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, so the next question, you've actually covered in your first question. <laughs> <laughs> either that, either that, or I'm psychic. I've to way when too did you many first discover you had <laughs> mental health issues? When you first started college, they uh, university. They go, I am psychic. I am psychic.
0: <clears throat> uni, yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was when I first started uni. Uh, you know, I moved there in 2014, and I don't know whether it was to, because of moving or because of you know, things that were going on in my life or just a big sort of upheaval of going, oh, yeah. you know what, this is the point where my mind just goes, oh, that's an imbalance. Um, but yeah, it just happened around that point and it lasted a really long time. It lasted through university. Um, I nearly mm. I nearly had some struggles in my sort of second year of university. That was my main issue. Um, I had a, That was where I was having the most panic attacks and things like that um and then and then I remember in my 3rd year things sort of started to pick up a little bit better I'd have bad days but not as bad um and then and then it got to about well it got to a couple of years ago when uh when uh I remember getting into a really sort of a good place and thinking you know what guy you're doing well you've just graduated um you know you're finally getting on track with things um and then and then my dad passed away and i remember that day being sat there and going uh, being sat there and going you know oh god i is this gonna (laughs) it was a really weird thing to have in my head on that day because You're there going, oh God, this is the saddest day of my life, you know, worst day of my life, hands down. I know it will never be topped. Sorry to the rest of my family. Of course. Of course. uh, You know, uh, (laughs) but you're not going to outshadow it because it was a moment in time. Uh, (laughs) I can make jokes now, it's been a few years. Um, And and I remember being sat there and going, how's this going to affect my mental health? And feeling really bad for thinking that because it was such a terrible day, but also like, I think it was the right thing for me to think because actually I started thinking straight away. I'm not gonna let this deter the amazing work that yeah. I did, um, and I didn't for the most part. You know, I had a few knocks and you know I still have a few knocks and falls over every of so often, and you know anxiety, anxiety mainly, but depression. I've really sort of been able mm, to keep a that's, hold that's of. That's really good. Um, yeah, that's
1: good. Um, so. The next question is regarding coping methods of mental health. Obviously, you mentioned that you uh, you love your your radio and you're a presenter at the minute and stuff. Is that is that something that once you get your head into it, it, you know, it all kind of goes, you know, chills you out, relaxes you a little bit, or is there any more you can tell me?
0: I mean, Sam, (laughs) you since you've started doing this podcast, how how incredible has it felt
1: for your mental health? hundred thousand percent as it's helped me in so many ways uh don't get me wrong you know the days are still there unfortunately something's still there but yeah getting getting behind this this microphone and doing what i'm doing is is helping me a lot ah well uh, yeah
0: there's your answer (laughs) i you know what is it like i i just to expand on that a bit like i i Turned around to you at the start, and the reason why I wanted to help you with this mainly mm. is because I wow. knew yeah. Yeah, how of much it would help you. Because I know how much it's helped me. Uh, radio, radio for me has <laughs> always been my escape, and to be able to share that with someone—oh, god—I'm getting a bit emotional. Um, to be able to, to be able to share that with someone uh, without sounding like a bit of a pompous prick that year on some stuff, um, but like to be able to share that with someone really sort of meant the world to me because I knew how much it it helped me and it's just that escape um and when I'm behind a microphone every every other worry disappears you know I did a going back to my dad I did a radio show um I did a radio show three weeks after my dad died uh I took I took a couple of weeks off and then I went you know what I need to come back I need to I need to try it and I was supposed to do two hours um and I said to myself right I'm gonna um I, I you know my show's two hours I'll go back and I made it and everyone knew that because uh, because I had a really good following with that show uh that I used to do in Lincoln that everyone knew my situation they knew why I'd taken time off air and I made it clear at the start and I and I said so and it was one of those things where I went oh I'm not ready to come back but I'm glad I did it so I did an hour. I did about an hour of this two hour show and then I went, you know what, guys, I'm going home at eleven o'clock. Thank you very much for all your wonderful messages. But but you know, like, this has been great to sit here and try and take, as I used to say, small steps back to normality. Um but like I was there like, but you know what, I've had enough for tonight. And it's about So that kind of takes me into how I do my coping mechanisms. It's it's knowing when to knowing when to take moments for yourself um it's knowing not to push myself too far you know i all and knowing that without going all cheesy again knowing that you don't always have to be okay um i did a i did a piece on the radio this week about lockdown and the fact that you know I'm, i'm doing all right right now uh but there's a lot of people who are struggling and i don't have all perfect days. Even though I'm broadcasting from my house most days, I I don't, I, I you know I, do, I don't have all perfect days. And if you think that I sound like I'm perfect all the time, that's just that's an on that's a personality, that's a character on air. Uh, there are some days where I just want to wake up, sit in front of the telly and play Spyro, and <laughs> all day, and that's and that's okay. And that's how I've been dealing with lockdown. Is I've been taking that that time out and going. Yes, I'll work. I'll distract myself, but um but you know, you gotta you gotta stay distracted. What are some of your coping mechanisms? I've never asked you.
1: Some of mine. Yeah. Oh well, hold on a minute, you're turning the microphone phone back to you now. Look, <laughs> you can resist. tell he's I a radio. Pre- you can't resist it, can you? You can't just let me blummin' an interview. You You have to
0: ask me questions. <laughs> I don't like the sound of me on voice, man. I don't like the sound of me own voice. I like to hear other people's. You know, he says twenty-three minutes into an interview where he's just babbled on and answered all the questions in one. But no, what what are some of your coping mechanisms? So my coping me mechanisms, of of
1: I, I've got quite a few because I, I so the way I suffer is different every time. So for panic attacks. My wife actually um, taught me a breathing, uh, a breathing. Well, I can't think of the word. Technique. <laughs> Thank you, darling. <laughs> a breathing technique that is actually used <laughs> by um, women during labour. And I've I, I mentioned oh. to you earlier that I had a panic attack a couple of days ago. Now this panic attack came out of nowhere. It was nothing actually triggered it. It just came on. I would just gotten my my young uh, my eldest sun slip and uh i came downstairs and i was sort of i started breathing heavily and i thought oh what's going on here and then it came and this 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 breathing uh, technique is you breathe in 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 your nose for, uh up, up your nose so <laughs> that's not the right word up your nose you know what i mean for uh four seconds and then breathe out for eight seconds yeah yeah, yeah. and i've never ever had something work so good for a panic attack than that that technique it is it's incredible it honestly it calms your whole body down and the, the panic attack that usually that used to last a good hour for me you know from as they call it from the the worst part to the bottom part where you kind of just flopped out on the sofa and can't move um within ten minutes it 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 calmed completely
0: it's that's that's really interesting that I do a similar thing with my breathing um you know mainly it was me <laughs> to be honest a lot of the time it was my ex heather who i'm still really good friends with and live with just like just standing over me going <laughs> just just going breathe 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 <laughs> but, but you know that's what works for me uh you know the, yeah, but it's, yeah. sometimes you have to do you find that sometimes you have to have someone with i don't know whether sarah's like this but like do you feel like sometimes you have to have someone with like a I I sort of be the strong person in that aspect and just tell me I, yeah. like so, cause sometimes I, I feel have when I'm having a panic attack I have to have someone just shout at me to breathe. Yes, be very assertive
1: with me. Yeah, I'm the same. I am the same. I, I need somebody to tell me to you know, to, to have some water. Otherwise I just wouldn't do it. And water's another thing. It it, it does. Water's so good it, it just completely relaxes me if I have, you know, a, a bottle of water and, and do this breathing and it, it, it's worked completely well, it, it's hundred percent effective for me. I mean, I'm not saying it's for everybody, but um, a friend of mine actually messaged me the other day in a you know quite a dark place and I, and having a bit of a panic attack. And I, I told this person to uh, to do this breathing, and he did it, and he had some uh, a pint of juice, and he says, "Oh my God, I feel like I'm I'm am I'm a new person." So I I would honestly stress anybody to to try it
0: i i I've never really i don't know whether I've actually ever told you the sort of like the details of when I sort of had a bit of a um issues with my anxiety a couple of years ago, so it was not long after it wouldn't have been long after I moved out of yours actually, because uh, for those who don't know, I lived with Sam for about a week and a half <laughs> kid <back in> like <laughs> he did back back in like two thousand and 17 18 it was, I
1: can't remember it, well it wouldn't it would have been 17. it wouldn't have been 18 it would have been 17 because we didn't have Isaac did we so it was like
0: yeah it'd have been 2017 yeah because yeah, Sarah was pregnant at the time but I wasn't allowed to tell anyone Yeah it was it was really early
1: days, <laughs> so it was like August 2017 kind of time
0: So. I, yeah cuz I'd just I'd i just split up with one of my exes and moved back to Lincoln and I had literally nowhere else to go. I phoned Sam up at like five o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Who is Sam? Got a bit of an issue. I'm sat in McDonald's. I'm sat in McDonald's and i got nowhere else to go. Can you can I sleep on your sofa? And you went, no, you can't sleep on my sofa. We've got a nice spare room. You can stay as long as you want. I just remember being like, just sat in a McDonald's at five a.m. crying. Oh, mate. <laughs> like, um but like it wasn't long after that uh, when I started to get myself back on my feet I got into a new relationship and, um, and then 2007, I'm trying to get all my dates right. so 2017 it would have been just after, actually no it would have been after my dad died because it was 2018 mm-hmm. I didn't go back struggling with my depression but I'm just trying to remember it all, so I didn't struggle with my depression but one thing that I did struggle with yeah. was my anxiety it just got knocked completely off kilter. And I remember Heather turning around to me at the time and going, Kai, it's all right for you to, you know, struggle with your anxiety again because, like, you know, your dad's just died. That's that's a good enough excuse. Don't feel, you know, don't feel bad. And I went, yeah, you know what, that's fair enough. Absolutely. And I went back <laughs> to the doctors because uh, I hadn't had anxiety medication for a very long time. When I was, um, when I was in... Uh, in sort of like the depths of a depression anxiety I went through it all I went through sertraline uh, risperidone um, sertraline didn't really work so they put me on metazapine for a long time uh, yeah exactly yeah search. Surge- yeah and, and i do want to state, and this is something that i shout into the rooftops on mental health groups on a daily basis when people go oh, what does this you know medication do and does this medication make you feel good does this make you feel good medication works differently for different people do not take advice from anyone else if they tell you that sertraline no. is like sertraline didn't work for me but it works for other people uh absolutely work yeah. for me but it will be terrible for other people Judge it on your own experience and trust your doctor's opinion over anybody else.
1: I agree because the cit- the citra- I can't even say it. Citraline. Citrapram. Citra-
0: yeah, cetrapam. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even uh, say I it. But know. the
1: medication I'm on is uh, is actually the lowest effective for most people. So a lot of people say, "Well, it don't work, don't work." It does for me. This one does for me. Yeah. So like, because yeah. some
0: people need different levels. Yeah. Um, I so, so I'd been on all of that, um, and then I went back to sort out my uh, anxiety and i'd never really been on anxiety medication before and i sat in fr- but uh, medication really fucked me up yeah absolutely um it, I, you know i was on very high doses of metazapine uh and uh, i was on uh, i wasn't sleeping very well at one point so i was on a uh, a drug called diazepam mm-hmm. uh which if you've been on it you'll know he's fucking (laughs) incredible. Like, once again, a joke, but it's true. I know know doctors are very
1: reluctant to give a lot of that stuff out.
0: (laughs) I I used to, yeah, oh, I know. Like, I do not drink. I I do not drink alcohol. I do not drink coffee. I do not, uh, I've never taken a drug in my life other than prescriptive drugs. But I tell you what, I sat in front of my doctor and I turned around to her and I went, and and I remember being sat in front of her and she was a lovely lady that used to tell me as it is and she knew exactly how to talk to me and there was one day where I was sat in front of her and I went, so yeah, am I going to get some more tazapam? And she went, no. And I went, why? Why? And she says, because I can see that glint in your eye. She says, I can see that glint in your eye that you're looking forward to it tonight. And I went, yeah. And I went, no! Like, what? No! So they so they weed me off it and they yeah. they do you I know because can... it's a
4: it's a bloody
0: good drug like it's, it makes you feel oh, yeah. really good and but it's because it knocks the whole world out for you and when you're in that dark place you you want it gone. One, one of um, my family
1: members gets prescribed two. That's it.
0: That is it.
1: Yeah. And that is when that yeah, is when exactly. they are you know, really get... suffering, really struggling, and you know, the, to suffering to the point where they need a GP appointment. You know, to say, look. I need something because this has happened or this is happening, they will be like, yes, you can have diazepam, but you're having two tablets and that is it. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So for a long time, so for a long time, actually, for me- even though the mental health medication helped me get through some very, very tough times, it also made me struggle with my memory. My memory still isn't as sharp as it is, uh, as, it- as it used to be. Uh, even after all these years I feel like it's coming back quicker I've started doing Sudokus more uh, over the last few years to try and um, to try and get that memory back and to get my brain working again uh, but for a very long time my, my memory went away uh, I was struggling with that and um, so I was very reluctant after my dad died and I was trying to get back on and I was trying to get help with my mental health uh, with my anxiety I was very reluctant to go back on medication so I went to, so I said, all right, I'll, you know, we'll try talking. Th-. they said, well, it's talking therapies then. And I went, oh God, because I'd had CBT and the first time round of having CBT and you've, you've had CBT, haven't yes, you? Yes, yeah. Yeah. The first time round of having CBT, um, it was terrible for me. It wasn't the right time and it didn't work and it put a bad, uh, so I, I just felt like it was, it felt really useless at that moment, but it's because I wasn't ready yeah, for yeah. help. Um, and I wasn't in the right place for help and it, it wasn't what I needed at that point. At that point I needed hard drugs to get <laughs> me through the night. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what that's that's what it needed. Uh and to get me through the nights. Um but this time round it really did help. It was the most incredible experience of my life um in the sense that it really changed things. Um after my dad died I was struggling with my anxiety and I was having panic attacks and I was I was getting nervous about everything. And I'd never had that before. Um I that one of the things that I really was nervous about was uh was trends. And uh, this is something that I've never really like you, you say that you get this every week, Sam, here we go. I've never opened up about this before. <laughs> yeah, every time I ever um, guess
1: something someone somebody says something and they realise, oh, I've never actually so, said that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was was nervous about trains and I was doing a lot of journeys at the time and I would sit there and I would look at my phone and I'd be on the train line app and I'd want to know when's the next train, you know, have I got this connection and this connection and where's that connection and I would sit there and stare at the connections the entire journey. And and I would sit there and I'd be looking out the window and I'd be panicking. I wouldn't be able to talk to anyone. I'd just sit there and constantly refresh my phone, knowing that they said I'd be turning round to Heather, bless her, and going, So we've got this connection, this connection, this connection, and that one's still on time, but that was two minutes delayed but it should still be okay yeah. and that was that. Yeah. You know, like and she and, and she, she used to sit there and she she once turned and it was at that point, just before I went to C B T where she turned around to me and she went Kai, you need to mention this to people. She says, "Like, I'm not being funny, but it's really, really annoying." And I needed to hear that. You know, it's mm. terrible to hear. And yeah, I think yeah. we had an argument after she said it. Uh, yeah. But sometimes you do need someone to tell you that you're being a bit stupid. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Because you, know,
1: um, you, you have to recognise whether it is anxiety or whether you're just being silly. You know, whether you, whether somebody can tell you that you right, you're just being silly. I'll I'll tell you why because I'm exactly the same Kai with trains. Yeah. We've trained exactly the same. 45 minutes early, I'll be stood at that train station before this train's due. Poor Sarah's there, you know, it's minus three outside. And we're stood outside the train station for a train that's at nine o'clock in the morning and it, it's half seven in the morning and i there waiting. And, and I'm looking, I'm thinking, oh, what if yeah. we miss it? What if it's not there, you know? What?
0: Exactly. And I used to have to turn up. Uh, I used to have to be there 30 yeah. minutes before yeah. a train left. and And that would drive... Yeah. yeah, that would drive Heather insane. Like, and and for good reason. I don't know how it is did it. Yeah, uh, of course. You know. Yeah, yeah. They
1: they weren't being. They're not being. Yeah, they're not being funny when you know they're saying, look, do we really have to get there half an hour, forty five minutes before the train leaves because it, it's cold outside and I don't. Do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. And it's uh, kind of uh, um, you you feel bad for yeah. them because they they well, I'm sat here bored and you know it kind of. The whole weekend, I'm thinking the whole weekend's going to be ruined because I don't think the train's going to turn up or what if we don't get that connection in Sheffield and we have to get, do you know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, you know, I know exactly what you mean, mate, and in that and, respect.
0: And, I, and, you know, just talking about it now for the first time is actually making me go, Jesus, I can't believe that I was like that for so long. Yeah. And I can actually feel it. Not that I'm, like, panicking now, but I can feel it in my chest now where I'm going, oh, God, I can get that memory of how I yeah. used to feel. In fact, one second, I'm just going to run to my, to my bedroom I've got something that I want to talk okay, no about. Worries. One sec. I'm back. So I, I found this the other day, and it's my book from, um, from exposure therapy. Okay. As part of CBT. Um, so I got, um, I started going to CBT at the Carlton Centre um, in Lincoln, and oh, wow. it's. It's a really strange. It's Carlton Centre that you go to, isn't it? It is, mate. Yeah. It's a really strange place when you first go, isn't it? Yeah. Because you sort you sort of go in and it's in the middle of a shopping centre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't like takes you ages to find it. You're not really sure, and then when you go in, you go up the stairs and they just basically you go in and they go, oh I've got an appointment. They say I'll oh, go up the stairs and you've got to fill in. Yeah. Fill in a form. Oh yeah, you do. Your questionnaire with yeah. all your and you just sat and you sat around awkwardly and you're like I'm not really sure what's going on and it just feels very to, to me I was there like oh you know I'm not really sure so maybe it was the fact that it was the second time round that I was like yeah. you know what I'm going to met this work and she said right I'm going to start you off on this exposure therapy thing and I had to keep a list of like all the stuff that I would uh, that I'd be working on through exposure therapy and i've got like lists and lists of like <laughs> of of like train journeys in here, and it's like, uh, how did I feel going into it? So like most difficult uh, traveling on a busy, alone train without checking my phone a hundred percent, and then uh, traveling on a quiet train. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I had to sort of like rate rate like the percentages. So like traveling on a quiet train without checking my phone seventy percent, traveling on a train with Heather and checking my phone sixty percent, and and I had to work my way through all these percentages, and honestly, exposure therapy was the it yeah, was the absolutely. most difficult thing. But it was the best thing that I could have done in that moment because mm. I put myself in some really tough situations that did cause panic attacks. But um, yeah, but, but but I trusted the lady that was running the sessions with me, the one to ones, and. And it got me through it, you know. And it just, it's just crazy. Like I'm, I'm looking at this book now. I'm just going, this is like obviously I won't share everything in it, but like, I'm looking at it. I'm going, I, I'm so happy that I got through that, and I'm so thankful Absolutely. that I got through it.
1: They are amazing up there. Um, I'm, I'm actually still part of it because I, I've not been discharged from, from it after my first group therapy. Um, yeah. they want me to try one to one um and stuff which is fine because i was more nervous about the group therapy therapy than i was the one-to-one i'd, I'd prefer the one-to-one but one one Same. thing that was um I, i'll just quickly say before we carry on is uh yeah something really clever i noticed was when i first got up there on my first session i was uh my good mate ash bless him took me up there and he was like really supportive with me and says right you know if you need me give me a ring or just just go in there and you know do your thing you'll be fine and stuff like that and as I got into the reception bit, you know, you walk straight through the door and the reception's there when you left. Um, I kind of felt like I shouldn't yeah. say I'm here for therapy. It didn't feel like it was the um, right thing to say. Like I was embarrassed to say to this person who probably, you know, says this to every single person. Um, you know, and, yeah. and anyway, he, 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 said, he said, there's a room here on the left or right-hand side. Can you go sit there? Um, and then next thing you know, I sat down in this room and I thought, this is a really small room. And then more people started coming in. And then more people started coming in. And I thought, oh my God, this how are they doing this to people who suffer with anxiety? I, I don't want people to, you know what I mean? What, how do we speak? Next thing you know, mate, just, just leave it there. They were, I, I we started talking and then it felt so much better going into that therapy room because we felt like we knew each other. Very clever way of the, doing that, I think. So...
0: Definitely, you know it's 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 crazy, and you know what? Yeah, the more I've been thinking about it whilst we've been chatting, I've just been it's been bringing you know chat. This is why chatting about my mental health is so important. You know, I'd I'd love to do obviously. With, yeah, I, how many questions more you got left? Because we're on the odd question three, aren't we?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. to be fair, my the questions, the next one you've covered, <laughs> um, and the last one is uh, you've covered as yeah, cool. well. So, But we've gone deeper than yeah. we wanted to what, do, which, what, is, which is good. What I'd
0: love to do is, because I didn't really put you know, much, much time into actually thinking about what I was going to say before this, because I just kind of wanted it to be a bit off the cuff and things like that. What I'd love to do is to, yeah. you know, at some point over the next few weeks, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll, I'll write out sort of my mental health history and write down some notes. I'd love to sit down with you and do like a proper, you know, throw the questions away. You can ask me anything you want kind of interview. And we'll, we'll do an extended special mate. Right? because, you know, I think that'd be really cool.
1: Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah. That'd be ace. I mean, this is what I'm doing. You've asked me a couple of questions today. Yeah. That's why I'm doing my live episode because I'm going to ask people to ask me anything they want. No, it, nothing will offend me, and if I don't want to answer it, I won't answer it. But they can ask me anything, so yeah, that, they will, we'll definitely sit and do that. Excellent. <laughs> so, well, that that was a a really oh, really cheers. good interview. Cheers. I didn't, didn't expect I didn't it. Expect I think not expect to really be any good. good. <laughs> I, I, no, I mean uh, no. No. <laughs> what I meant was I didn't expect it to go that deep into you know yeah, stories yeah. and, and <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> situations. <laughs>
0: but, uh, no, it's, big, it's oh, God, be honest, but, like, been it's been great. i You know, I've been opening up about my mental health for the last few years on like radio and on social media and things like that, and I've wanted mm. someone to just turn around and go, "Can we interview you for once?" Like, I've always wanted someone to do that, and no one's done it yet, except for you. Yeah. So you're the first person to actually come forward and go, you know what, Kai, you can talk there about we your go. mental health. You know, everyone just wants me to interview them.
1: <laughs> this, what, this is what this podcast is all about. So I want people to feel better and open up as much as they can, and that's what it's all about. Um, like you said, we've built a community which is incredible. So, you know, uh, to have people reach out to me about problems that I've suffered with so I know a little bit about you know it's great it's it's incredible and I'm, I'm, this will continue as long as i continue to do it so uh happy yeah, days you know
0: it's it's great to chat to people on the group with with you guys you know i don't get it, i don't get enough time to jump in as much as i want to but you know i listen to every one of these episodes and obviously because, I've, <laughs> because i sit here editing through them and stuff like that and um And it's been great to get to know people through that as well. So you're doing a great thing. And to everyone who's, I know that, uh, you know, there were some lovely comments when I put out, uh, I recorded that cover song a couple of years ago. Yeah, that song was incredible. uh, Last week. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, And to those who shared it in the group and, you know, sent some really nice comments about it, thank you so much. Because, you know, it just means the world to be able to open up and, and people, you know, open up back. Thank you to your mum as well, because your mum's starting a watch she party. She did, she did, she's never done that before. I was
1: really proud of her. I was like, well done. She, she, she can't usually share stuff or she comments on the wrong thing, but, you know, she can start watch parties, so she, she must be doing something right. <laughs> bless her. Oh, bless her, I love Jackie. Oh, Kai, it's been great, mate. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I hope, that's, I hope you, you feel good for doing it.
0: I do, mate. Thank you very much for you know allowing me to open up a bit, and I'd love to you know, I'd I'd love to open up some more, you know, in a few weeks' time, and we'll just have a a long a long hour session. We we'll, we'll just see where
4: that, it goes.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. It sounds good. It's something to look forward to.
4: This is my earth, and I live in it, it's one-third dirt and two-thirds water, and it rotates and revolves through space, at rather an impressive pace, and never even messes up my hair. And here's the really weird thing The force created by its spin Is the force that stops the chaos flooding in This is my Earth And it's fine It's where I spend the vast majority of my time It's not perfect But it's mine It's not perfect This is my country And I live in it It's pretty big and Nice to walk on, and the bloke who runs my country has built a demagoguery and taught us to be fearful and boring. And the weirdest thing is that he is conservative of politics, but really rather radical of hairstyle. This is my country, and it's fine. It's where I spend the vast majority of my time. It's not perfect, but it's mine. It's not perfect. This is my house And I live in it It's made of cracks and photographs We rented off a guy who bought it from a guy Who bought it from a guy Whose granddad left it to him And the weirdest thing is that this house has locks to keep the baddies out but they're mostly used to lock ourselves in. This is my house and it's fine. It's where I spend the vast majority of my time. It's not perfect But it's mine It's not perfect But it's mine This is my body And I live in it It's 23 and 10 months old It's changed a lot since it was new It's done stuff it wasn't built to do I often try to fill it up with fries And the weirdest thing about it is I spent so much time hating it, but it never said a bad word about me. This is my body, and it's fine. It's where I spend the vast majority of my time. It's not perfect, but it's mine. It's not perfect This is my brain And I live in it It's made of love and Bad song lyrics It's tucked away behind my eyes Where all my fucked up thoughts can hide Cause God forbid I hurt somebody And the weirdest thing about a mind Is that every answer that you find Is the basis of a brand new cliché This is my brain and it's fine it's where i spend the vast majority of my time it's not perfect but it's mine it's not perfect i'm not quite sure i've worked out how to work it. It's not perfect, but it's mine. The world is far from
0: perfect right now, and looking out for yours and your friend's mental health is more important than ever. Remember, you are not alone. A lot of us are struggling on the inside, and it's important to talk.
1: coming towards the end of the show I'm going to talk about my live episode just quickly um, I have posted this on, on my Cemetery and Podcast Facebook group uh, just that we are going to do a live episode for Mental Health Awareness Week which runs from the 18th to the 24th of May uh, my show will be aired on the 23rd of May um, so so it'll be a live episode on Facebook group with music, competitions to win um, special sanitarium podcast t-shirts and Mug Bundle. So I'm going up in the world and getting a couple of t-shirts done. Um, and I'm also going to do a section where you can ask me anything mental health related. So anything I've mentioned on the seven shows I've done. Um, Obviously seven, it'll be a bit more when you're listening to the the live episode. But any of the shows I've done, if you want to you know, ask me anything a bit more detailed or anything personal, or, you know, if you're struggling with something and you want to ask me how I deal with it or how I would advise to deal with it, then that, that's absolutely fine. So I'll be taking questions like that, uh, which will be great. Um, I'm also going to be spraying my hair green on that episode only not not permanent just spraying it green so i'll have a green hair a green hair i'll have a green strip as i call it on my head because i ain't got a full head of hair um for mental health awareness week so green heart for the suicide awareness uh i'll be doing that which will be fun uh something different and um i'm going to be doing a raffle live for a nice 15 pound amazon voucher which uh i will give more information on the group and then we can just have general chit chat so something different to uh, enjoy and uh, you get to see my face, eh? What more do you want? So uh, Yeah, I think that's it guys Uh, I hope you're all enjoying this still I know it's hard in these times to uh sit and listen to podcasts it's i know it's kind of a thing where people listen on the lunch breaks and traveling and you know just walking around and stuff but i hope you're still enjoying it i really do um i, I appreciate the support again uh in the group um and the comments all the uh, the likes i get on posts and um all the people that have been uh, contributing to the raffles and the bingos and everything like that it's you know it's a lot of fun and it's raising money for some amazing charities uh so i'm going to continue to do it and you know there's never any pressure to buy raffle tickets uh they're always charity raffles there's no money making anywhere else apart from going to the charities and buying prizes for you guys so um i will continue to do that um i would like to get to a 500 pound mark eventually and if we keep doing these 50 60 pound uh, charity raffles will get there you know um so yeah that's really cool of you guys to do it um maybe the next raffle will be on payday eh? <laughs> so i can uh you lot can afford it without having to think oh he's done another one i've got no money look but now i understand there's no absolutely no pressure to play um and if i do tag you please please don't be offended i'm i'm what i do is is i just literally get my hand and i click 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 like that then I f- then I scroll up and click again, and I just do it a hundred times until it- Facebook tells me I'm not allowed to tag anymore, and that's it. So don't get angry if I do tag you in things and think, oh, I'm not interested. You know, if you're not interested, it's not a problem. Just ignore it. Um, it's all good. I just try and get as many people involved as possible because not everybody sees the, the post I do in the group and things like that. So um, yeah, so that's it. I'm gonna leave that show today episode 7 is complete and done hope everybody's enjoyed the episode um covered everything i wanted to cover so on to episode 8 next i hope you all stay safe be kind lots of love
0: The Sambitarian Podcast is sponsored by Mono & Co. Use the discount code TULA10 for a discount at the checkout. That's TULA10 for a discount.